Hi everybody and welcome back to the Macro Compass. Before we start, a short announcement. If you are an institutional investor and you want to try my dedicated macro research, ping me on Bloomberg. My full name is Alfonso Peccatiello for a two weeks free trial. And additionally, I will be in London on December 6th. So if you want to meet for business, you can send over an email at pro at themacrocompass.com. Now back to the piece. Forget inflation predictably floating around 1.5% as in the last decade. Does this mean the paradigm shift will see inflation consistently printing at 4% going forward? Not necessarily, but it sure means the volatility and uncertainty around inflation will be higher. And that's all that matters for global macro portfolios. Let's look together at the drivers of inflation going forward. Bearing in mind, there is a big difference between structural inflation, 5 to 10 year horizon, and the inflation cycle, 6 to 12 months ahead. Structural drivers of inflation include, amongst others, demographics, globalization, the fight between labor and capital, and energy policies. The short-term inflation cycle is instead mostly driven by real economy money printing, that is credit creation and fiscal deficits. Starting from the structural inflation side, when it comes to demographics, there are two schools of thought. Weak demographics are disinflationary, it lowers the organic growth rates and the consumption while it increases the propensity to savings for an older economy, or weak demographics can be inflationary over the long run because the scarcity of skilled labor leads to higher wages, older people actually tend to spend more due to higher social safety nets on healthcare, etc, etc. I think both are somehow right if you apply the right context. We live in a globalized economy. Have a look at the first chart in the article. Using that context, it's clear that the last 10 to 20 years have seen a perfect confluence of disinflationary forces. Weakening demographics in developed countries, it's the left chart you can see uh, over there, generated disinflationary conditions and we solved the labor scarcity issue by offshoring production to China, which in the meantime, as you can see in the right chart, was benefiting from an ample availability of cheap workers. That was a great cocktail for disinflation. Weak developed market demographics plus the ability to outsource labor towards cheap Asia. But here is the problem. This combination will not be there and will not be repeated anymore over the next one to two decades. Rapidly reversing Chinese demographics, as you can see in the right chart, and a marginal push towards deglobalization imply that developed market economies will not be able to access a growing cheap pool of labor anymore to the same extent they did over the last decades. This will force developed markets to onshore some production and on the margin bump up wages, particularly for scarcely available domestic skilled workers. And some impact of that in wage growth for these sectors is already visible, as you can see in the second chart of the article. There are a couple of counter arguments here. The first is that manufacturing and cyclical industries, which will experience scarcity of labor, represent only a small portion of the overall labor market, and that's because we live in a technology-driven world and the trend is only going to continue. So the rebuttal there, for example, is that the typical US company, which needed eight employees to generate a million dollars of revenues in the 90s, now only needs two. So in the fight between capital and labor, that doesn't really bode well for wage bargaining power. 
In other words, today's economy is way less labor-intensive and less unionized than in the 80s or in the 90s. Overall, my take here is that the magic combination of disinflationary tailwinds, which we experienced over the last two decades, will not repeat itself going forward to the same extent. On the margin, that pushes structural inflation a bit higher. But let's not forget, we still live in a somehow globalized and technology-driven world. In other words, inflation will be way less predictable going forward. The other important component of structural inflation is energy. And the net zero attempt, well, a transition, whatever you want to call it, it's rather an attempt, if you ask me, will definitely be a net inflationary force for the next one to two decades. It's pretty simple. As policymakers will tax more industries that produce excess CO2, the economics will somehow force countries to decarbonize. But funnily enough, in the initial phase of that transition, the world will still need and consume fossil fuels whose after-tax prices will end up being higher, as you can see in the left chart in the article. On top of it, the net zero transition requires a dramatically higher amount of green commodities, for instance copper, which is an underinvested industry, as shown in the right chart. Supply and investments in green commodities take time, while the demand boost might actually be pretty sudden. The likely outcome is that commodity prices will have to somehow adjust higher and fueling inflationary pressures. Counter-arguments here are that the net zero transition will take much longer and be much milder than anticipated, and also that today's assumptions about the needed quantity of green commodities does not take into account technology. We will probably find smarter ways to generate the same output, needing less input of green commodities. My take here is pretty similar to the demographic story. On the margin, exactly like for demographics, the net zero transition will be net inflationary, but the volatility rather than the new average of inflation will be the key change. Concluding on structural inflation, the new average for structural inflation over the next decade is likely to be higher than the 1.5% we experienced in the 2010s. How high? It's very hard to say whether 3 or 4 or 5%, but it's much easier and I have a much higher confidence in making another call. Inflation will be much more unpredictable and swing around way more wildly over the next two decades. And now coming to the cyclical part of inflation. That's mostly related to real economy money printing. Reminder, central banks do not print inflationary forms of money. Commercial banks, through credit, and governments, through deficits, they do. And this is why years of quantitative easing did nothing to inflation, and also decades in Japan, if you want to say that. But instead, a globally concerted real economy money printing exercise, which we all did in 2020-2021, woke up the inflation beast. We printed the real economy money through massive deficits and credit creation, and inflation punctually showed up in 2022. What next? My credit impulse model measures real economy money printing and it correctly predicted big inflationary pressures in 2022 and the following disinflationary trend we have seen so far in 2023. If you have a look at the bottom chart in the article, it now says that headline inflation will trend at only 1% in June next year with core inflation, what the Fed cares the most about, annualizing around 2 to 2.5%. That means the Fed will feel like the job is done. 
Now, 2% inflation seems impossible for supporters of the new inflation paradigm, but that misses a key point. We might as well have inflation averaging 3 to 4% to four in the next two decades. That's the structural inflation side and all the components of demographics and deglobalization and energy transition that we discussed. But the higher inflation volatility that we are going to see could easily result in more disinflation in 2024 as the cycle is rather driven by real economy money printing and if you print money like we did in 2020 2021 inflation will show up like it did in 2022 but if you stop printing like we did recently disinflation is likely to dominate in the cycle in other words do not confuse long-term structural trends with the short-term inflation cycle if you like this piece, guys, please help me spread the macro compass around. You can share it around with friends and colleagues. It's free, after all. Talk again here soon on the macro compass.